We're back. Hey guys, welcome to Unfiltered with Tricky Rich and Holly Benali. So I've been a slacker. This is hard to find information. We we both have been slackers. I have a couple cases. Like I have a couple that we can talk about. It's just I don't know. It's so hard to just find time and be like, okay, it's let's been go. busy. It's we have been real busy. Bryson's been sick for like a month and a half. Like Work. off and on. Work is busy. Volleyball. Life is busy. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I wasn't drinking for a while. Yeah, we had to cut her off. So I was going to bed like super early. I mean, like 8.30 super early. Which last night I went to bed at like 7. Probably 6.50. Okay, well I was tired and I didn't sleep the night before. So, it's okay. I'm up now. It's 8.15 and I'm still awake. I know. I'm pretty proud. And we're going to record this podcast and I'm going to have a glass of wine. Because I had some eggnog tonight. Eggnog? What was in that eggnog? It's egg, cream, bourbon, brandy, and rum. Sounds <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> and I put some cinnamon in it. It really looked good. disgusting. It was really good. I, I think I like non-alcoholic eggnog better. You took the first sip and was like, oh, my God. And I, when I started drinking it, it was like a little strong. And I was like, it's too oh, much. it's a little too much for me. Mm. I'm a little sissy. So if I get fumbled on words, we know that's what happened. Blame it on the al uh, alcohol. <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Yes. Okay. So another thing I want to bring up. This could so be an after thing. But you know what? I'm going to say it. How many people. I'm going to do guys do this. Like, when you feel just extra big, you, like, pull your pants, like, way up to where your man boobies are? That would be, what? Wait. So, so you, like, my pants are supposed to be, like, down, mm -hmm. right? And when I don't feel, when I feel fluffy, I pull my britches up. So, it's, like, way up there. So, it feels like I don't have a big I, I, fat spot. I keep my pants below it. But doesn't that feel, like, heavy? What? Like, doesn't it feel like your belly's bigger when you have it below your belly? Yeah. So, you don't ever, like, pull your britches up like old man? No. You don't no. put, like... Yeah, and so, Rich doesn't like... There's only one person that does that, and he's a Democrat. I do that. Like, I think women do that. No, I mean the man. Oh, that does that? Yeah, what's his name? Nadler, Nadler or something? I don't know. He pulls his pants, like, up to his... To, I mean, there's a lot right of, below his titties. There's old men that do that. I mean, yeah, there's other old men. It's yeah, not like this, not like this man. Anyway, so yeah. I, I feel a little extra fluffy. So I just pull my britches all the way up, and then it makes me feel not as fluffy. Okay, and what? Why what, did I bring this up? Yeah, because I just did it, and I feel like I need somebody to <laughs> <laughs> like go I mean, on maybe Facebook that's a female or something. Thing, but I need somebody to be like, I feel you. I just let my belly hang not comfortable you want to tell them about our shirts babe okay so we got these really cool, cool shirts and so we get matching christmas pajamas every year <laughs> sorry keep going keep <laughs> I going i pick out the worst christmas pajamas ever terrible so this year they're onesies with the butt flaps <laughs> what does it say on the butt I don't flap know. chill out chill it says chill out on the back yeah, it says chill out mine should have said like Why i gotta poop me Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> I thought how you were like, okay. My bad. So it says chill out on the back and they're like blue and white and gray. 
And they have Blue hoods. And white and gay. Gray, you said. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they have hoods on them. So when you wash them, the butt flaps shrink. <laughs> so when you put them back on, part of your butt sticks out. Yeah. Rich thinks my butt just got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to blame it on washing it because he's only wore his once. So. <laughs> One and done. Yeah. He at least, he was a good champ. He wore Where did it. I wear it? To the, oh yeah. Went to the mega I cavern. even got out in public and smoked a cigarette on, uh, in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of in the hood. I went in the gas station. Yeah, I just it was interesting. The girls were laughing at me. Really? All right. Okay. Who are we talking about? Kenny Wayne Shepherd Jr. Some what was his name again? Okay. So (laughs) we're gonna talk about it's the Roy Roy Roy. Let me say that fast, (laughs) three times fast. Roy, Roy, Roy. Okay. Roy Wayne Dean Jr. case. Okay. Now, this is tricky. It is. It is. And why do I always pick ones that are, like, hard to say? Like, mm-hmm. Transylvania, and then I had to switch it to Transy, and anyway. <laughs> and and here's another thing. Why do serial killers always have, like, a double middle name? Like, Roy Wayne Dean. That's all, like, first name. John names. Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Anyway. Mm, I don't so, know, man. This one's a little tricky, so you gotta, you may want to get a pen and like write down who is who because it goes back and forth and it's like, wait, what? Okay. But I'll try uh, and keep it as clear as possible. All right, I'm focused. So, Janice K. Williams, she was found in her boyfriend's trailer on June 30th, 1980. She was stabbed 27 times in the chest and her throat was cut nearly ear to ear. So, Police are instantly going to go on her boyfriend, right? right? Like that's what, that's what you would think. Um, her boyfriend was Norman Graham. He was thirty three years old. Thirty three years old at the time, and he was an itinerant iron worker. People just said he was a laid back hippie, and his only prior brush with the law was a dri- was drunk driving conviction. Okay. So doesn't have a previous record besides you know drinking and driving. Laid back, hippie chill guy. Hippie chill. Hippie chill. Now, next door to the Janice K. Williams and her boyfriend's trailer, Norman Graham. It was a tiny town trailer park in Guthrie, Kentucky. And there was a teenager there who was named Roy Wayne Dean Jr. Now, this is not the boyfriend. This is the neighbor. Right. Okay, wait a minute. The neighbor is is Roy Wayne. Correct. The neighbor is Rory Wayne Dean Jr. The neighbor to the boyfriend. Correct. Correct. Where the girl was cut. Correct. Okay. Seven weeks after Janice K. Williams was murdered, Roy Wayne Dean Jr. tried to choke his mother while hearing voices and was diagnosed as an active psychotic who didn't know right from wrong. In later years... So, after all this stuff happened, Dean killed two women in crimes that were similar to the slaughter of Janice K. Williams. Okay. Now, 1980, it was Graham who was arrested for the Williams murder, which was her boyfriend. Okay, so he got arrested. Uh Uh-huh. Based on what? Very little evidence tying him to the crime. Just the fact that it was in his... In his, his home. And he didn't his really home. have, 
we'll go more into it, but he didn't really have a great alibi. Yeah, alibi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 1981, it was deadlocked, and he was able to go free. But it doesn't stop there. Okay. It gets really crazy, and I kind of feel really bad for this guy. So, the Williams murder did go unsolved for 26 years until a Kentucky State Police detective decided to work the cold case, and in three months, he came up with new evidence that implicated Graham, the boyfriend. That implicated him, okay. Yes. So, in 2008, he was convicted of rape and murder and sentenced to 40 years in prison. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. For the 26-year-old case. Correct. Janice. Correct. Okay. So, Graham served nine years before he had a friend who was kind of like an amateur sleuth, kind of like... You know, what we do. Yeah. I'll look into stuff. She had no experience in the criminal justice system, and she had found new witnesses. So, okay, did did they say, like that state police, did they say what the new evidence was that they found um, that I, implicated him? Or? I believe it was DNA. <clears throat> like, it was I semen DNA. The DNA yeah, but I mean, they're boyfriend, girlfriend. Right. So, mm -hmm. that's inconclusive, if, or... Is that the word I want to use? Inconclusive. Like that shouldn't it's stand up. It's insufficient. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was his girlfriend. Of course yeah. you're gonna. I mean, maybe we don't do that stuff. No. <laughs> Moving on. So they got a new witness, which was Dean's sister. Now Dean is the neighbor, Rory Wayne Dean Jr. So okay. his sister said that she was 13 years old at the time, playing hide and seek in the trailer park with a cousin on the night of the murder. She saw Dean standing outside of Graham's trailer with blood on his t-shirt. So, Graham's friend, Lisa Potter, um, en enlisted the Kentucky Innocent Project, where they found more witnesses who also implicated Dean. Okay. Now, this kid is terrible. Like, we're going to go more into the stuff he's done. Yes. He's bad news. So, how old was he at the time of the murder? That's a good question. Janice. I don't know how old he was. Uh, he Surely was, it would say that. He was a there. teenager, so I don't know. Um, how Just a troubled teenager. It doesn't give, like, his age. So, Dean denies raping or killing Williams. But a judge last fall, um, when the article was written, which was... Um, so, anyways... The juror said that if the evidence that they had against Roy Wayne Dean Jr. pointing to him being a proven murderer and psychopath, that they would likely have not convicted Graham. So they have granted Graham a new trial and he's free on bond. So the boyfriend is now free on bond because they have these and how witnesses. Many years? He how, he's nine in years. jail for nine years. Nine years. Unbelievable. So, um, Another twist in this four-decade-long tragedy, the prosecutors appealed the ruling. And if they prevail, like if they, you know, if it goes through, Graham can be returned to prison to serve out his time. He's 71 years old now. He is fighting multiple my, my, myeloma. And Graham, the, the boyfriend, right. says this would be his death sentence. You know, if he had to go back to prison. Yeah. Because he served that amount, of, what was it, nine years, and then his friend went in. And they found these witnesses that saw this Roy Wayne Dean Jr. standing outside the trailer with blood. 
and the other things that they're going to, you know, and he had been convicted years later of two other murders identical to the way that she was murdered. Right. So. All in Kentucky. This is all in Kentucky. Wow. It's craziness. So, the, the trial and everything of Commonwealth versus Graham began in June of 1980. And... Graham and Williams had met about six months earlier. So Williams is the girlfriend and they met at the tiny town truck stop. Isn't that sweet? He says she was good looking and he remembered her smile. Oh. Said that they never had a crossword while they were in their relationship. And he said they talked about moving together to live in Florida. Really? They was going to go to a trailer park in Florida, babe. Isn't that the best? That's where I want to go. (laughs) I want to go live in a trailer park in Florida. So, he had come to Guthrie on the Tennessee line, 160 miles southwest of Louisville, to work as a general foreman on a construction project. Williams was 21 years old and had an 18-month-old daughter. Williams? Yeah. yeah. Janice? Janice. And she worked as the driver for Frito-Lay. Um... Kay, one of the other people who had known her, said that she was a very kind, outgoing, and loving person and said everybody loved her. Right. So, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, you meet this guy and everything was great and it's just, you know, she's got 18-month-old too. That's just sad. It's terrible. So, when Williams left, he said that he left her alive. He insisted that um, in his trailer on the evening, evening of June 29th, that he went out to the night, went out on the night, went out for the night to a couple of bars. When he returned, he found her nude body sprawled across his bed. All he saw was the gash on her throat and the look on her face. He thought at first that she had killed herself. So he went to go tell one of her sisters, Judy Blick, who also lived in the tra- trailer park. She testified that his hair looked wet as if he had just showered, and police said he appeared freshly dressed and pressed. Both said he seemed too calm for the circumstances. But I think if you're ever in that situation, you don't know how you're going to act. I mean, he could have been in complete shock. He was out, you know, at the bars and comes home, and your girlfriend's, you don't know if she's, you know, committed suicide or somebody's murdered her. I mean, that's, that's, that's scary to me, but. I can't even imagine. So, but they said he had his hair was wet. That's yes, his <laughs> hair looked wet. Now wasn't that the time that gel was kind of a big thing? I mean, he could have, he could have been at the bar and wet his hair. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something to think about. But now. it looked. There was no proven that his hair was wet. Right. Just that it looked wet. He he did have an alibi, but it was bad, which typically they are. He had ran into his ex-wife, he had gotten drunk, and passed out in his car in the parking lot of the Red Carpet Lounge in Clarksville from 9.30 p.m. until 4.30 a.m. the next morning. Clarksville, Indiana? Mm, I don't think it's Clarksville, Indiana. Is there a Clarksville, Kentucky? I don't know. Hey, Google, is there a Clarksville, Kentucky? Yeah, Google's not. On the website mapquest.com, they say... Clarksville is the ninth fastest growing city in the nation and the principal central city of the Clarksville, Tennessee, KY Metropolitan okay. Statistical Area, hey Google. which consists... Shut up. So, I'm going to say it's Clarksville, Tennessee, because they were on that line okay. where he had driven and met her at the truck stop. 
So from 9.30 p.m. until 4.30 the next morning, and nobody could vouch for him. A waitress testified that she didn't see his maroon Oldsmobile Cutlass when she left work at 2.30 a.m. But I think when I'm leaving work at 2.30 a.m. I'm not paying attention to that. No, I'm not looking to be like, oh, that's so-and-so's car over there. So, all that Graham said was, it was the only thing I could tell them because it was the truth. He got drunk. He slept in his car. Right. You know, he didn't want to drive home. 4.30 a.m., he's like, okay, it's time to go. And that's when he goes home and finds finds her murdered. Wow. So, it's just crazy. Um, the Commonwealth attorney, Jesse Riley, thought that he was heading towards a conviction in the first trial, but there was no forensic evidence linking Graham to the crime. His folding knife came back clean, and an expert said it hadn't been washed recently, so there was no way he could have used his knife that he carried with him. The bloody clothes that he presumably wore were never found. So what did he do with those clothes? If he murdered her, you know, like there had to have been something happened. The jurors deliberated about eight hours and they just came back deadlocked. So they had to declare a mistrial. When it was declared a mistrial, the attorney said, it's like kissing your sister, but what? at least you get a kiss. What? Yeah. That's what his, his attorney said. And that Graham's comes attorney. from Guthrie, Kentucky. Guthrie, Kentucky. Well, I guess we know about Guthrie. Um, another attorney had told him that the pros prosecutors could come back bringing the charges, but predicted that they would never do so. So I can't imagine, you know, going through all of that. And then, oh, so after the mistrial, Graham never set a foot back in his trailer after the murder, after everything happened, he never set foot back in his trailer. He traveled from state to state over the years working construction jobs, just trying to forget everything that he saw. And he stayed out of trouble other than a second DUI. He said that he moved on with his life and he had some happy years. But I couldn't imagine. Oh, that's terrible. Like, do you have a picture of Graham? Is I that do. That is? This, no, that's not Graham. I'll show you a picture of Graham later. I think I do. I'm sure I do. Um, so that's, if something was to happen to say you went out and you went out one night with the guys and you come home and I'm like, scary. And then they were like, oh, well, you did it because you're, you're the fiance, you're the husband, you're the boyfriend. Right. Like that's instantly where they go to. That's the first person that they point to. So I can't imagine. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, so let's talk about Roy Wayne Dean Jr. Okay. Let's hear about this crazy mother, mother person. Let's hear it. Okay. So, according to court papers, his parents moved him away from the tiny town trailer park the day after Williams was murdered. Really? The day after. Where are they moving to? Um, It doesn't say where he moved, but they just moved him the day after. On August 18th of that year, after he choked his mom, his family took him to Penny Royal Center in Hopkinsville, where Dr. Arthur Burroughs Jr. wrote that he was actively psychotic and had no doubt been so for several years. That's crazy. Now, remember when I said in the beginning, when he choked his mom, 
he said that he heard voices, like there were voices telling him to do it. Right. So no doubt that he has been psychotic for years. His family, this is crazy, said that he had not been right since a, a relative accidentally sank an axe into his head when he was 10. Sank? Like hit him axe. in the axe with a head. Say that one more time, babe. Do you want me to say, cause say it? Say it one more time because the way you just said it was backwards. But it was cute. I can't wait till you go back and listen to it. I'm not even going to tell you. I'm going to make you go back and listen to this so you can hear what you just said. Since so what a did they relative do? accidentally sank an axe into his head when he was okay. 10. That's what I said, right? Yep. Okay. Anyway. So when he was 10 years old, he was hit in the head with an axe. Crazy. How does that even happen? I, I mean, my brother hit me in the head with a brick. I mean, yeah. like, full on through a brick and hit me in the forehead. I've... I've experienced that before. Maybe they were joking and an ax. So, ooh, Dean had once told a psychologist at Jenny Stewart Hospital that he had hallucinations of monsters and pigs and felt like someone is controlling him. Now, this is the neighbor. This is the neighbor who his sister, years later, said that she saw him. With blood on his shirt. With blood on his clothes. Outside of the trailer. What if he went in there after she was already dead? Mm, what did he do? Give her a hug? Check on her. Got blood on him. And then he called the police? No. Nope. No. He didn't. So, yeah, it sounds a little suspicious to me. But, anywho, um, Roy Wayne Dean Jr. married his wife in 1983. He got married? He got married to Tina Rigsby Ellis. She was a dietitian and said that he just acted strangely. Once she caught him with a catfish, like a catfish that he had caught and was mutilating, mutilating, mutilated. Mutilating. Yeah, with his knife. So she said he just kept stabbing it over and over and over and laughing. Like, just laughing and stabbing. This so, this guy's catfish. wacko. He's wacko. She thought that Dean was a thief because she would find women's rings in his pockets. And she would see scratches and blood on his wrist as if he was, like, stealing the rings by force. You know, going up to the women and, like, grabbing the rings and trying to get them off their hands. I would question that. Yeah, what? I mean. Why do you have this woman's ring in your pocket? Yeah. Not women's. She found multiple and didn't ask him about it. And didn't go to the police about it. No, no. She said that he had described the scene of William's murder in such detail that he must have been the perpetrator of the crime. So he described it. How did he get over there to see it? Why didn't she tell anybody? Right. I just, it, all these things, I'm like, how is this, how is Graham, the boyfriend, even still trying to go through with this? So, August 9th, 1984, this is when Dean murdered Deanne Rapp, 36 years old, a housewife who was found partially nude with her body behind a dumpster in Clarksville, Tennessee. She had been shot repeatedly in the head, and on September 27th that year, he fired seven bullets in the head of Brenda Church, 43, who was also a housewife, and one in her chest. Church 
Brenda Church lived in Todd County and was married to a man for whom Dean worked for as a tobacco tobacco hand. So he worked, you know, in the tobacco. She was also found nude and like Williams with her hands tied behind her back. That's crazy. So, you know, he, where Graham had gone, he, all he had was a second DUI. This guy has gone on and committed two murders that he's, he's been proven of where, you know, and he doesn't say anything about the other. So Ellis said that when she and her family had visited Dean in jail, he asked, Daddy, didn't I kill something in Tiny Town once? And his dad just said, yeah, son, but that was dogs. His grandmother, as the family was leaving, muttered, dogs, hell. Like, she knew. She knew that it was not dogs. Dean was sentenced to death for Church's murder, which was considered one of the most brutal and sadistic ever committed in that area. Prosecutor Riley had told the jury, you know, that this was just the worst. When Dean's capital sentence was reversed, he pleaded guilty and was sentenced to life without parole for 25 years. Now, he also pleaded guilty to Rapp's murder in Tennessee, for which he was ordered to serve time concurrently with his Kentucky sentence. So, he's going to be in jail for an extremely long time. Yeah, forever. Riley also said that Dean was so dangerous and he suspected of killing two more women that the prosecutor twice appeared before the parole board to beg that he never be released from prison and that he is a bad actor, that he wow. goes and puts a front and just... So, they they do say that the similarities between Williams Church and Rapp did not go unnoticed. So, they have paid attention to the details of what has happened. Now, in 2001, a former police chief in Elton, about 20 miles north of Guthrie, asked Kentucky State Police Detective Brad Stevenson to compare the two Kentucky crimes. Stevenson, the detective, noted that in the report, both victims were found nude with their hands behind their back, both poised, posed, with their legs spread, and both victims were overkill by knife. Williams was done by knife and Church was by gun, but both of them were overkilled. In 2003, when DNA, for forensic DNA testing, you know, became available, semen was found on Williams' jumpsuit. Now, this is what I talked about earlier okay. that matched Graham's DNA, which was the boyfriend. But that in itself, like you said, should have been meaningless. Graham said all along that he and his girlfriend had had sex that morning before she was killed. So, of course, that has potential to be there. Sure. So, in five years on the case, Stevenson has sought no charges. Now, this is the, the detective, the Kentucky State Police detective. He hasn't gone after any charges. But when this new Kentucky State Police detective, Stephen Silfas, took up the case, Three months later, he persuaded a grand jury to indict Graham a second time. Graham was 500 miles away in Danville, Virginia on January 10th, 2007. He had just gotten out of the shower with a fugitive. He had just gotten out of the shower with a fugitive apprehension. Oh, when? When? I was like, um, <laughs> something's wrong here. 
Let me go back to all my notes. Graham was 500 miles away in Danville. Can I just like... It's the talk? eggnog. It is the eggnog. I'm trying <laughs> to drink water. Um, let me go back. Let's blub, 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 blub. 500 miles away in Danville, Virginia. Virginia. Mm -hmm. On January 10th, 2007. He had just gotten out of the shower when a fugitive apprehension team kicked in his door he protested that he was innocent, but he was brought back to Kentucky for a second trial. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So this time there was a new Commonwealth attorney, Gail Gilling, and a new star witness, William's younger sister, Regina Alexander, who was 17 at the time of the crime. So she was old enough to remember things that had happened. Alexander, who was located by Silphys, testified that Kay told her early on the day of the murder that her relationship with Graham was on the rocks. So the girlfriend had said earlier in the day that her boyfriend and her were kind of having some troubles, but that's, that's not, you know, right, justification right. of why he, no, what could have murdered. So what happened with the 13 year old girl that saw the blood? Okay. Sorry. Like, Keep going. Babe. Keep it's going. okay. I know this one's, it's got a I lot like of it. ins and outs of it. So, she said that her sister was a neat freak who bathed as often as three times a day and changed her clothes nearly as often. She said Kay had changed her clothes on the afternoon before she killed, before she was killed and after she and Graham had sex that morning. So, her sister testified that her, so, Graham's sister testified that her sister took a shower like three times a day and after they had sex. So there was no reason for his DNA to be there is what they're trying to go with. Yeah. No. So that meant that the semen was placed on the jumpsuit later that night when Graham was raped and murdered, which to me that does, there's no proof that she didn't take a shower, you know, like right. they have no proof. They're just going based off what her sister said. Right. So, Another prosecutor, Joe Ross, speculated that Graham came home to the trailer park smelling of his ex-wife's perfume and that Williams told him she was going to break up with him and that he brutally attacked her. Smelling um, of his ex-wife's perfume. <laughs> I don't... I don't know. Anyway. That's kind of funny. Yeah. So, another hole that they were trying to poke in his alibi because he said that he ran into his ex-wife and then he went to sleep. They said that Graham's car was covered with dew when police arrived that morning, showing he was home longer than he claimed with ample time to kill Williams. But how far away was it that he slept? I mean, there still could have been dew on his car from the time he drove to the time he got home. Right. You know, I because you can go down the road and come back, and there's probably still going to be some dew on your car, I would think, right? It really would depend on... Like, uh, how fast you were going. So, and how know. long was it before the police got there? How long was it when the police when, when looked at his car? she actually was killed? You know, right. what time was she actually killed? So, I feel like that was, they're just trying to find things to poke and, and put it on him, which, I, to me, I feel like it's the neighbor. But Graham's lawyer, Carol Winfield Johnson, who was 66 at the time, she was very sick, and she tried to persuade the jurors that someone else committed this crime. So 
So she pointed to Dean and two other tiny town residents. One was a convicted rapist and the other was a convicted child molester. But only Graham's DNA was a match. The only man that could have done it was Norman Graham, is what they say. So 28 years after the crime, he was convicted. For a second time? For a second time. 28 years. So is he in jail right now? Or did he serve the nine years and got out? Well, he has not. So he was eligible for parole after serving eight years of his 40-year sentence. Okay. So... But that was only if he would admit to the rape, which would have qualified him, you know, sex offender class as early release. But he refused. He said he was innocent. So he survived a 2009 prison riot at North Point Training Center, quietly did his time working as a janitor and telling every inmate he met that he was not guilty. Of course, you know, all of them say they're not guilty. But the only reason that he had to go in was because of this other police, you know, this other police officer. That's ridiculous, yeah. So, he vowed to himself and his family that he would not quit fighting until he quit breathing. So, he followed up with an unexpected ally, Lisa Potter, which I'd mentioned earlier. She was a friend of his second ex-wife and a fellow Harley-Davidson lover whom he liked to ride with. This was the one that, you know, was like the sleuth. That had never done anything and she wanted to help him. So she didn't know anything about the law. She was a little rough around at the edges. And one of Graham's lawyers actually later described her, um, you know, just a typical person, you know, just a little, just wanting to help. So he, as she was determined to help, she played hardball with potential witnesses, showing them horrendous crime scene photos showed them pictures from the murders of Williams and Church to elicit their sympathy and cooperation. So she played with their emotions with these crime scene photos of this terrible stuff that this this guy had done, you know, wanting to help Graham to get out of prison. So she persuaded the Kentucky Innocent Project to take up Graham's case, and in her own investigation, she found the mother load, Roy Wayne's sister. So, this is coming back to when his sister comes in. So, as a child, Renee Dean said she feared her brother. He had broken her arm. Another time, he had chased her across a field with his car. So, she was not in the car. She was running. He was going after her. Um, She had not told anyone what she saw because she feared that one day he might be released from jail and he would come back for revenge. When Potter showed that her brother had been given a parole board, um, serve out meaning, serve out, meaning he'd never be released, she agreed to go on record. So imagine how scary that is to have your own brother to be worried that you told something and that he would come back and get you. Unbelievable. So the friend she asked her said, please just do the right thing. And she did. Renee Dean said that she had seen her brother outside of Graham's trailer, his shirt covered with blood. When she asked him, you know, what are you doing? He shushed her and just ran her away. And back at the family trailer, she saw that his hands were cut and bloodied. The Kentucky Innocent Project found other witnesses, including Renee's cousin, Barbara Keaton, who'd been playing with Renee. Remember, they were playing hide-and-go-seek in the trailer park. 
she also said that she had seen Roy Wayne run with no shirt on and throw a boot into a dumpster. A boot. A boot. So, one boot. So, of course, they didn't have the clothes because this guy's trying to get rid of them. He, his shirt was gone and everything else. There was also another witness, Danny Moles, who was a friend of Graham's, but also related to the Dean family, said Roy Wayne Sr., who was the dad, told him that the teenager came home with bloody clothes the night of the murder, and then he helped dispose of them. Unbelievable. Graham's lawyers, Melanie Foote and Amy Robinson Staples, with the Department of Public Advocacy's Kentucky Innocent Project, moved for a new trial. Because now they have witnesses who can go in and say, we saw this guy do this. This was not Graham. This was right. Dean. They insisted that it was too late for Graham to offer new evidence. And Gooling and her assistant, Justin Crocker, argued that the cousins hated Roy Wayne and an easy target locked away in prison and were exacting revenge on him. So that the cousins just wanted revenge. I right. think that's baloney. Thankfully, they had um, Judge Kelly Easton, who d decided that the testimony was timely and concluded that the cousins had a good reason not to come forward earlier because yeah. this man's psychotic. He's, what was it, pigs and monsters and yeah. people talking to him? Yeah. So I would be scared he's, to he's come insane. forward. He's insane. Yeah, I totally understand that. I get it. Both the cousins testified that Dean had assaulted them as kids and threatened them as well. He had once left them a tape-recorded message that said he would rape us all and cut us up like pigs. Pretty sure I'm not going to say nothing. If you're leaving me a message that says on a, on a recording that you're going to rape me and cut me up, no thank you. It's pretty terrible. You're going to pass. That's, that's definitely a terrible person. They did say, you know, Graham's witnesses were hardly perfect. But who is? There were inconsistencies in their statements, but this had been 29 years later. Right. You know that they're coming back with this. Potter's investigation methods were questionable, but the judge said that she believed them, which I think is great. This case presents a truly extraordinary situation. He had written in a 19-page opinion. Two witnesses swear they saw an alternate perpetrator, Dean, who was also known to live in the vicinity. They saw him near the crime scene on the night of the murder and described his appearance and conduct in a way as to strongly suggest his participation in the murder. Dean later committed at least two murders with at least some disturbingly similarity to the murder in the case. He is a proven murderer and psychopath. So on October 5th, Easton, was grant Easton granted Graham a new trial. After posing a small bond, he was free. The first thing he did was buy cigarettes, and then he went out with for a steak with his lawyers and investigators. <laughs> like, That's awesome. They fought hard for him. <clears throat> right. Like, they really, if something ever happened to me, like if I was wrongly convicted of something, I wish I would have, you got to, maybe you got fight. I'd be there for you, baby. You, I'd be like, I'm going to investigate. What I'm going to prove. What? All right, keep going. What are you going to say? Nothing. I would do it for you, too. But if you murdered somebody, I wouldn't tell either. So <laughs> we've already been over that. I forgot, yeah. So ironically, on the same day, October 5th, 
Gooling herself was indicted, along with her husband and eight others, on a charge of engaging in organized crime. Who? Gooling. She was the attorney for Graham. No way. She was running a theft ring that sold stolen goods in Logan County. She was also charged with tampering with evidence and official misconduct. The the chick that got him out? Not the friend, but the attorney. Right, the yeah. attorney. Mm-hmm. That basically fought to get him out. Mm-hmm. The one he went and had a steak with. Yeah. Yeah. What? Right. Only in Kentucky. She was running. Are you kidding me? I swear. She's a, an attorney making money, obviously. Her husband and eight other people. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, geez. That, I couldn't resist. That's crazy. So, Crocker, who was her former assistant, who was the interim Commonwealth attorney, appealed the new trial, the new trial order to the Kentucky Court of Appeals, where it is currently pending. In an interview, he said that he still thinks Graham is guilty and hopes that the attorney's general office will handle, which handles appeals and criminal cases, fights to reverse the order. Crocker concedes Dean is a dangerous killer, but says Dean had no reason not to admit to killing Williams if he had not done so. We strongly feel that the jury got it right, Crocker said. Which, I don't know. The coincidences are too... Yeah, This neighbor kid, the shirts... I, I don't think they have enough evidence on Graham. I don't think they ever did. No. Even if he did do it, there's still not enough evidence to convince me that he did it. There's no witnesses. Nope. There's no, there's DNA, but that's his girlfriend. Nope. His knife came back clean. Everything was fine. So if Graham wins on appeal, he would have to defend himself in a new trial. But Alexander, the victim's sister, has filed an affidavit saying she wants the case dismissed. She said, my family has been forced to relive the death of my sister repeatedly since 1980. And it's been traumatizing. So, yeah, she just wants it to be done done with no matter what, huh? Yeah, because she's going to have to go through it. Right. Um, an attorney, Foot, who um, Foot? also wants the appeal what? dismissed, Foot? as Attorney General Andy Bashir's office did in two recent cases in which the State Innocent Project contended that the defendants were wrongly convicted. One of those cases were prosecuted by Gooling, who was you know, convicted of. <laughs> yeah. Freaking hilarious. Food said Gooling should have never retried Graham in 2008. Oops. There was not enough new evidence to justify putting a man's life at risk. She said that the State Innocence Project thoroughly investigates. The investigation shows Dean was the killer and his denial is insignificant giving that he still denies killing rap in Tennessee, even though he pleaded guilty to her murder because he probably got a plea deal. Right. If you say that you, I, I know that like that pisses me off. They just, a lot of times they just try to get something, Yeah. you know, and whether you did it or not, you're at some point you are eventually like, what do I do? Yeah. Do, do I you... spend the rest of my life in prison? For something that I didn't do, or do I spend 10 years in prison and admit to something that I didn't do? Right. <laughs> yeah. What? So, it's it's a little ridiculous. Um, 
Graham, who again was diagnosed with uh, multiple myeloma, a form of cancer in 2014. He was in prison. Um, he now lives on Social Security in a house in Guthrie that Potter had found for him. So Potter's the friend who went. The biker chick. Yeah. Yeah, she seems she seems like my type. I like it. <laughs> not better not be that good of a type. Um, I already have a picture in my head, and it's. She's actually pretty cute. I've got a picture of her. Oh yeah, she's can cute. I see? Yeah, I'll show you. Thanks. Um, so. Graham is remarkably monogamous, considering the hands he's been dealt. He says he's only angry at Ross, the former assistant Commonwealth story for weaving the theory that Kay turned on him because he came home smelling of another woman's perfume. He, How could a man fabric, fabricate a story like that with no proof, he said. Because that, you know. Makes sense. Yeah. So, Gail Gooling did pleaded not guilty to all charges. She remains Commonwealth attorney and is still being paid. Commonwealth in attorney of Kentucky of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. She is Wait. still being paid, but is disqualified from prosecuting cases and is not running for reelection. She did not request uh, respond to request for comments on Graham's case. Now, is that as of right now or as of this was probably a couple years ago. Oh, okay. That's very sad. I don't know who the, Commonwealth attorney is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, we'll have to find out. Roy, Day, Roy Dean Sr. died um, just before he was about to testify about disposing his son's uh, bloody clothes. He was going to say that he did? Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, what else is um, Tiny Town Trailer Park is now called Creekside Meadows. And Roy Wayne Dean Jr., 56, declined multiple interview requests, and he has been in state custody since 1985. What does state custody mean? Like, he's, a, you know, in the prison. He is in prison? Yes. He is considered a high-risk inmate at the Kentucky State Reformatory. Let's go talk to him. Can we do that? Don't I mean, you I have don't to... know. I think on Orange is the New Black, you had to... Babe. Orange is the Don't new judge me. Seriously? I'm just saying. That's like us getting our facts from, what's that other one you watch? 90 Day Fiance. Oh, my gosh. What was, no, what's Can the one we? about jail? The one where they're, like, what, you know, the bimbo. <gasps> Love the after lockup. That one. The one Can we the, talk about that? Like, let's have one that I we mean, talk about my obsession with reality TV and my huge crush on Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We could do that. Yeah. All right. You want to? I don't care. What could, would we, we say? Talk, That'd we be me like about my huge crush on uh Danielle from American Pickers. Let's do it. We'll talk about our crushes. Okay. Like our what is that called? There's not a whole lot to talk about though. I mean you know, we could talk. There's more to talk about on yours simply because of the last concert we went to and Aww, what you learned. I don't want <laughs> Are we done talking about yeah. Roy? Yeah. Ball sucker, crazy. Crazy neighbor. Is that something? <gasps> Maybe Tucker's here. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great time, and we'll catch you later. Have a good night. Bye, guys.